Well, Father, would you uh, take this word and encourage us uh, as a family through it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's great to see you uh, this morning, friends. I I wonder if you've ever had one of those conversations in your kitchen. We have one this week uh, where we... um, I can't remember who asked it, but one of my family asked it. They said, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Have you ever had one of those conversations? What would it be? Would you be a, you know, Lindsay decided she'd like to be able to get anywhere else just like that. Imagine that, because she's generally late, so it'd be really helpful. to get, we'd, get there, we'd be on time for the rest of our lives if that could happen, you know. But it, it, what superpower would you have? And uh, one of my children said, oh, I quite like to be invisible. That made me nervous. Uh, the sporty one just said, I'd like to be able to run really fast. You know, like um, that little boy in The Incredibles. I can't remember. Dash. That was his name, wasn't it? Dash. That boy, yes. That sort of thing. So, uh, And I was trying to think, what superpower would I like? I like the idea of flying. I think that would be quite fun. Get a perspective on things. What superpower would I like? Would we like to know the future? Not sure if we would really, would we? Uh, although there's, there's some, there is something about the future that we do know. Because it, it, there's something about it that's written in this book that we call the Bible. Of where we're going, where we're heading, what we're working towards. And, and Paul is writing. We, we, remember we're in a series in Thessalonians. If you're visiting or new here today, it's lovely to have you with us. We're, we're uh, running through a little series in this letter that... Uh, Paul, Timothy, and Silas have written to the church in Thessalonica. Thessalonica was a, a place where uh, Paul went early and planted a church. He was there just only a few weeks. And um, the church had been through uh, some glorious times of, of growth and adding people to the num- uh, their number, but also were going through some difficult times. They had some persecution going on within the church. And, and some people, uh, they were expecting... Uh, because of the uh, strength of faith of Paul and, and his understanding that, that at some point soon, Christ would come again and everything would be made right. And they were expecting it might be within their lifetime. But, but through this persecution that's going on, some of them had died. And they, they were saying, obviously had said to him, well, what happens to those who died before Christ comes again? And it was a, a bit of a conundrum for them. They weren't quite sure how to uh, work that out. And so he writes to them, and he says, you know, some of you will die, but you've got to have this absolute hope, this absolute hope that there is uh, more than just what we have here. Christ will take with him both those who are alive and those who have gone before us. And, And of course, death is a is a, an interesting subject, isn't it? It's not one that we like to talk about. Uh, in many parts of the world, it's an everyday subject because it's an everyday struggle that people cope with. I don't know if you know, but there are 925 million people in the world who go hungry every day. There is enough food in the world to feed everybody, and yet one in seven goes hungry. One in three people are chronically hungry, Uh, uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. And two-thirds of the hungry live in seven countries alone. Seven individual countries. That's Bangladesh, where Jill is. Um, That's China, DRC, where 
um, uh, um, Tear Fund, uh, doing some great work, Ethiopia, India, Indonesia, and Pakistan. Uh, and over half of the 8.8 million children under five who die in developing countries die through a lack of uh, a, a lack of food, a lack of nourishment, and therefore are susceptible to the diseases around them. For people like that, death is an everyday discussion. We, we, we've got this going on in our lives. They cope with it every day. We, we don't have it in much the same way, do, do we? It, it becomes a sort of, in the West, a sort of optional extra. I mean, I know we all should keep fit. That's a really very important thing. We all need to eat well and, you know, our, our diet's very good. But in a sense, we're all trying to fight off that last day, date. So at some point, that might come. You know, we need to stay, stay fit and health and strong uh, throughout uh, our lives. I, had a, I was at a party last night, and I sat with a, uh, a lovely lady. She could become a new friend of mine. Her name's Maria. I sat with Maria last night. And she told me the story of, of her daughter who died bit difficult to hear it above the music, but she told me a story of her daughter who died. In. And we sat and talked for probably an hour, actually, about um, uh, what it means to cope with death and to talk about our hope and faith in Christ. And um, I think she's going to come to church tonight. It'd be lovely to welcome her here uh, tonight. But the thing is this, death is an everyday occurrence, not just in developing countries, but in our country. And, and here, the church in Thessalonica, they're trying to cope with this understanding of what it means to have some people who die, some people who die when they shouldn't do, you know, uh, before their time, children who die before their parents, people who die through accident or tragic tra tragedy, um, uh, and obviously still those who die naturally. And Paul and Silas and Timothy are writing to the church and saying, even though you are experiencing persecution and there is death amongst you, he's saying, live as people with hope. An expectant and, and considered an absolute hope in Jesus Christ. I don't know, there are, there are different types of hope in the world, aren't there? Um, I have hope for this evening, for a football match. Does anybody else have hope for that? Anybody here got hope? Well, you wouldn't watch it if you didn't have hope. We've got to have hope, and we, we, don't, we don't want to watch something when someone's just going to get slaughtered and we lose, do we? We watch it because there's a tiny bit of hope there that we might just do something for once and get past the quarterfinals and do something. You know, I'm not sure we'll get any further, but we have hope for the quarterfinals, don't we? Um, it, it, it's not a certain hope. It's not a certain hope. Maybe it's a false hope, I don't know. Maybe it's an unrealistic hope. Perhaps it's a wishful hope, but it is a hope. A hope that we might do something. And Paul is writing here, he's saying, look, I'm not writing to you about a wishful hope or an unrealistic hope or a false hope. I'm writing to you about a certain, positive, definite, absolute hope. Because we believe in the Christ who lived and died and was risen again. And it's through him that we overcome death. I, 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 one of my favorite films, one of my favorite lifetime films is The Shawshank Redemption. Has everybody seen that? Everybody seen the film? So great film, isn't it? Okay, we're going to watch a clip. 
It's three and a half minutes long, and um, uh, just sit back and enjoy this clip as we reflect on hope. second time in my life, I'm guilty of committing a crime. Parole violation. Of course, I doubt they'll toss up any roadblocks for that. Not for an old crook like me. Fort Hancock, Texas, please. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey, whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. It's a great film that if you've uh, watched it, you'll know where that bit is from and we won't let the rest spoil it. So, hope. We get hope to live with. We all need hope. You and I need hope. You need hope in your work. You need hope in your relationships. You need hope in everything that you do. We need hope. And uh, our reading begins today. He says... And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. He says this, he says, we have a a greater hope, a fixed hope, a sure and certain hope in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. What I would call an authentic Hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Hope and future always go together, don't they? Without hope, we don't have a future. With a future, we need hope. We need hope as our food every day. And, and when the Bible uses the word hope, it doesn't use it as a weak word. You know, I hope I get what I ordered. I hope the weather's going to be okay today. It uses it as a solid word. It doesn't mean I wish. It means I am confident in, therefore I act. I have an absolute sure and certain steadfast hope in who Christ is, in what he's done, and his will for my life. 
That's the sort of hope that God wants to give us. And that kind of hope, real hope, is like oxygen for our souls. It's what helps us to live. You can't live without it. It's not just about being an optimist. An optimist is someone who sees a glass as half full. A pessimist sees a glass as half empty. Uh, Someone full of authentic hope in Christ is someone who sees the glass and holds Christ's hand. Whatever, Whatever the glass has got in it, we'll be okay if we're holding the hand of God. That glass is firmly held in God's hands. Hope is when I realize God is in control. It changes everything in my life. When we know that God's plans will prevail. When we know that the future is in his hands. If you read this book, you get to the end of it, you realize God wins. At the end of it, he's in control. It's his creation, we are his. And he wants to look after us and care for us. We can have an absolute hope, a confidence in God. And Paul is writing to these guys, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, are writing to these guys and saying, look, you might be persecuted. And Paul had every right to write about that sort of thing, didn't he? He was beaten and flogged and stoned and whipped and shipwrecked and gone hungry and naked without food or clothing. And and he says, and still I have this absolute confident hope that Christ has got my life in his hands and that I can trust in him for the future. He goes on in, in verse 14, he says, For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believer's who have died. He says there's an absolute certainty of the hope for our future. Interestingly, the word hope only occurs once in the New Testament in Matthew's Gospel, and then after the resurrection, it occurs 70 further times. So it's not difficult to find out where hope comes from. Hope comes from Jesus' darkest moment, but his greatest hour. It comes from the resurrection. When you are at your darkest moment, when a relationship's going wrong, when finances have gone adrift, when uh, things aren't uh, on course as they should be, when um, uh, work is a, is a struggle, when, when things are painful for you, when health seems to be not as it should be, at the cross in your life, you need hope. And Jesus says, I offer you that hope. And it's not some wish. I wish it would go well with you. It's an absolute, if you allow me, I'll hold your life in my hands. And your life in my hands, God says, will be a life that has a future and a hope. A future that can be lived with God. It says in 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it says this, In his great mercy he has given us new birth into this living hope through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the cross tells us not only that he understands our pain and sorrow, but he can transform our pain and sorrow. He says, from death comes life. From struggle can come joy. With hope, there is a future. And ultimately, he says, there's a future called heaven, an indescribable place that is perfect uh, and full of hope a place where God dwells and where we will dwell eternally with him. 
And Paul is writing to this church that's undergoing persecution, and he says he wants them to live as people with absolute and certain hope. So he says in verse 18, so encourage each other with these words. There is a greater place that we're going to. In a sense, here on earth, we're just birds of passage. Our life on earth is fairly short-lived. I know we live it sometimes, don't we, as though the next thing matters the most. When we get things out of perspective, that's when we get stressed and uh, 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 life fi- feels difficult. It, it, it really, you know, it really doesn't matter whether you buy that pair of shoes or not. It, it really doesn't matter whether you get that promotion or not. It really doesn't matter whether you achieve what you're aiming for this week or not. Ultimately, it, it, we live in such a short period of time. What really matters is whether you know the Lord Jesus or not. What really matters is whether you have that sure and certain hope within you. That's not saying that the other things are important, because they are. But it's saying there is one thing that eclipses everything. And what eclipses everything is having a faith in God that sees us, will see us through everything in life and ultimately will see us through to being with our Lord in glory. That we build our lives upon the rock of Christ. So he says we're to encourage one another with these words and to live as people of hope, authentic hope. And hope begins today. We don't have to wait for it to begin. It's a hope that enables everyone, uh, enables someone who feels vulnerable in their job or ill or, 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 or whatever it might be to uh, face the future with Christ. It's hope that enables you when the doctor looks across the table and says, I'm not sure if this is going to get better. It's hope that enables you to go on. It's hope that enables you to feel strong. It's hope that says, I'll, I'll stand up tomorrow as well. I'll be counted and strong for Christ. We need to trust in the cross of Christ. And I want to encourage us today. Here Paul is writing to this persecuted church. People are being put to death. People are being killed for their faith. And he says, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. Christ has got something better for them. Continue to live as people fueled by and filled with a sure and certain hope that will act as a foundation for your life, that will strengthen you in all that you do, that will hold you strong in every day of your life, that will enable you to cope with the current struggle that you have. And if you do that, we'll reflect Christ And as we live with that hope, we'll pass that hope on to others. They too will catch that hope. And they will live that hope in their lives. I don't know what's uh, going on in your life at the moment. Maybe you've got difficulties at work. Maybe you're going through health problems or financial problems. Maybe there's stuff going on in a relationship. Maybe you've got secret worries that are weighing you down. Christ would love to come in. Paul, Silas, and Timothy would say to us, don't live, 
Don't live as people, as people with no hope. Don't live as people who are anxious about the future. Don't allow what's going on in your life to dominate your thinking in such a way that you start spiraling down in life. But he says, live your life in such a way, full of such sure and certain hope, knowing where you're going to, holding everything in its right picture and perspective, that we live as triumphant Christians, in a sense. Not, not unthinkingly triumphant, but triumphant in what Christ has got for us in what he's done for us and what he holds for us for the future. Paul says this, our hope for you is firm. Just as you share in our hardships, he says, then you will share in our glory and comfort and strength. So authentic hope. Authentic hope he wants the church to live with. A real hope. A hope that says whatever's going on, there's someone greater. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. There's something greater. The place of the kingdom of God and that call on our lives. And that each of us are invited in to both of those things. A, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that will transform our lives. As Jill was saying, that is ultimately the person that transforms our lives. And the kingdom of God that gives us the ultimate person purpose that will transform not just our lives, but the world in which we live, if we just so choose to embrace it. And I'd love to pray for us this morning. I'd like to pray that we would embrace that hope. I'd like to pray that we would, whatever you're going through today, as you leave here today, you would be full to overflowing with the hope of Christ, that you would live differently this week, because... This morning, you met with Christ. And and we're going to, just in a moment, I'm going to ask us to stand and um, I'm going to ask the ministry team if you can come out the front quite quickly. And whatever it is, whatever it is in your life, you don't even need to tell the ministry team. You can come up, maybe you come up as a married couple. Maybe you want to say, you know, we just like some more help in our marriage. Maybe you'd like to come up as a couple deciding about the future and not yet engaged. You want to say, what do you want to pray for us? Maybe you want to come up as a, a, as, a, as a person who's got worried about health things and maybe you haven't even been to the doctor yet and they're consuming your mind and you need a different perspective on that and the hope of Christ in that. Maybe you've got financial worries. Maybe whatever's going on, allow us to pray for you this morning. And I assure you that the person of Christ, when we pray through his spirit, can transform your life into something stronger and greater and better because that's what he promises to do.